This is the movie Hall of Fame Marvel Cinematic Universe Edition for Thursday, April 25th, 2019. Captain Adam. Captain Adam. Cross the table for me. Yeah, I'm the I'm the the chosen one. The the is that what this is? I'm the man. The Winter Soldier to my Steve Rogers. Ew. Disgusting. The pepper pots to my Tony Stark. Okay, a little better. <laughs> the teenage Groot to my adult Groot. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> hey, buddy. Well, how you do? By the way, that music, is that, um, who, who composed that? Was that Alan Silvestri? Yes. Okay. Our boy, Alan Silvestri. Why is he our boy? Well, because he did the theme for Back to the Future. Oh, word. And he also did the theme to Predator. So there we go. Wow. Alan Silvestri, our See, boy. I was just about to comment on the fact that it's a very forgettable theme song. Oh my God, is it forgettable? I, uh, I, I'm trying to think of it in my head as I, as I speak. I don't... Da, 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 da. Well, first of all, it's like very staccato, so it's not like something you can hum along to. No, it's like like getting you pumped and going for the action. It's not really like you know grand and amazing, and you just you don't really get wrapped up into it the same way. I suppose I don't know. I mean, which, which kind of sucks because this is, I think, going to go down as a top five most iconic franchise in the history of film, but it's got no memorable theme music. I know three notes, I think, in it, and it's just duh 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 at the end. that's it man i mean with the exception of black panther this whole franchise is uh just on a musical level kind of forgettable and maybe this sort of represents our feelings on the franchise in general i don't know well even black panther is 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 memorable but because it's i mean it's uh, its style is completely different than all the other marvel movies right it's just distinct doesn't mean i can hum it though because i can't hum it yeah i guess you're right yeah Right. Well, I mean, and also there's a popular artist behind it as opposed to the rest of these scores. <laughs> um, look, man, we agreed to do this a few days ago. Yeah. I'm really excited for this exercise. Yeah, and I'm sitting here eating a, a, a what is this? It is a s'mores Pop-Tart. Nice. I, I, this is like some, This is like depressed food. That's what this is. Is this breakup food? <laughs> this is breakup food. Yeah, essentially. Well, yeah, we're breaking up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe today. So I, I guess that makes like this isn't even this hasn't even been put into the toaster. Nice. I'm just eating this thing raw, and I'm just hating myself. You can raw dog it. There's nothing wrong with raw dog and get popped Well, yes. Up. Oh, I, well, I was... Okay. Nothing wrong with it. Go for it, man. No need to cover up. I thought you were going to say there was something wrong with raw dogging. Nothing. Sure there is. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few things wrong with it, but... Um, look, man. Yes. I'm pumped. I said let's forego the normal format. We've been doing this for like seven weeks now. And each week we pick a new year in cinematic film history. We nominate six movies. One of them gets into the Movie Hall of Fame. And are you bored with that or something? I'm not bored with it. I just feel like this is a monumental week whether we like it or not. And I know, like, we have had our apprehensions about engaging with this whole shebang. I guess. Because we're film snobs. We're, well, yeah. Yes. Right. And- and I, you know, yeah, and I'm a cynical film snob. Yes, and I'm a little less cynical, but I'm also just as sick and tired of these Marvel movies as you are. Okay. And so we're 21 movies deep. <laughs> this is supposed to be the end of the franchise coming this weekend, Avengers Endgame. 
it's not really going to be the end of the no. franchise. Well, the, the, the but... fucking Spider-Man's coming out. <laughs> and I read about it. It takes place after Endgame. Of it course. literally says, takes place after the events of Endgame. There's literally a trailer out for the movie. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, so I get it. We're not quite done yet. But this feels like it's time to reflect and pick out our favorite Marvel movies. Yeah. So we're forgoing the normal format. Here's the nice thing, too. After this, we don't have to nominate any Marvel movies ever again. This one's for the nerds. Well. No, we're done. Well, yeah. Well, MCU films. Right. We're bound to nominate some Marvel films. Yes, and MCU is what I'm referring to specifically. All of these movies now, all 21 of them. Fuck them. My God, there's 21 of them. (laughs) They are now disqualified from nomination. Yeah. They're done. Okay. They're out. Okay, I'm happy. Strike them from the record. Honestly, these are the only ones I would consider nominating, and there's even a few that I probably wouldn't have put on my personal list. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. It's funny. Twenty one films, still not the 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 franchise with the most entries. It's still Bond, right? Nope. What is it? Wait, what? Oh, 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 Godzilla. It is Godzilla. Got to be Godzilla. What yeah. is that? I think they're at the. This new one's going to be thirty six. And Bond is at what? It's going to be twenty five. Wow. Is it twenty five? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll catch Bond within the next two years, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. This is going to be number twenty two coming up. Um and then yeah Godzilla within three or four maybe sure sure however will we talk Godzilla yeah okay because so I King of the Monsters is that what the next one's called yeah okay the second entry to be called King of the Monsters well you know what else is coming up they just finished filming for it what Godzilla versus Kong oh my god ooh Adam Wingard's directing that right movie. that's gonna be weird they're doing it again apparently that movie is Do- also a remake. Do you, well, do you have you seen? No, <laughs> of course not. It's a trip, is it? It's so bad. <laughs> it's a. I love. Well, I don't want to talk Godzilla, but I kind of do want to talk Godzilla. Well, we'll, we'll get I, to it because I love Godzilla. Maybe we'll do the Godzilla Hall of Fame at some point. We oh, could we nominate six movies from that franchise? Absolutely. Oh, there's some good ones in there too. Okay, maybe. <clears> one, okay. Mm. one of my favorite ones is uh, the original. I fucking love that original. Put a pin in that. Very dated in a lot of ways, but it's a f- phenomenal, chilling film. It's good. It's good shit, Nico. And, okay. And uh, Shin Godzilla is a fucking masterpiece. It just came out in 2016. All right. So. Well, let's think about that one. Okay. No, you never know here at the Movie Hall of Fame. Lots of twists and turns. You're going to hate yourself doing that one, by the yeah, way. I know, I know I will. <laughs> um, so here we go. Let's just get into it. We did this draft off air. Mm-hmm. One of these six movies is going to be the latest duck- inductee into the Movie Hall of Fame. We're keeping everything as per usual. Mm-hmm. Here are your nominees in chronological order. Iron Man, Marvel's The Avengers, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Black Panther. Ugh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> One of these six movies will be inducted into the Movie Hall of Fame. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. Yes. As we said, 21 <laughs> movies in total. Which movies did you want on this list that did not find their way on? Uh, well, um, well, obviously Thor 2. Can't go without okay. saying Thor: The Dark World. The, the, Get the it mas- right. The, okay, the the masterpiece of Thor two, uh, the masterpiece that is Ant Man and the Wasp. Right, and the masterpiece that is the Incredible Hulk. All all right. I don't like that you just threw shade on the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I don't like it. You want my actual thoughts on the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, underrated. Yes, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> 
Not great, but underrated. I want to live in the parallel universe where David Lynch directed Return of the Jedi and Edward Norton stayed the Hulk. I want to know what kind of universe that would be. It was weird enough as it was with Edward Norton being... Is that... I Okay. Is that good or, or just terrible casting? I can't figure it out. I feel that way about every Ed Norton casting decision. Yeah. <laughs> because he's such a weird performer. He's gr- Yeah. Yeah. He's so awkward. And he's definitely like... Here... Oh. Do you, here, do you not like him in Birdman? I think he's fine. Love in- him in Birdman. Okay. Yeah. Here's a hot take for you. Ed Norton, better Captain America than Chris Evans. How about that? Put uh, that in your pipe and smoke it. You think he could have been? Yes. Maybe. Think about him as like the skimpy, dorky, original Steve Rogers at the beginning of that movie. Then he gets all jacked by the end. And he, what is he, curb stomp Thanos at the end? Yes. Talking about freedom, justice, the American way. All right. I want Ed Norton as Steve Rogers. I want him recast. And I want him with a swastika on his his tit. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. You know, Steve Rogers is a Nazi. What's your favorite Ed Norton performance? What's the Spike Lee movie? 25th Hour. It's pretty good. Great in that. I love him in Primal Fear. Love him in Primal Fear! That was like his first performance, yeah. right? He's only in like 15 minutes of that movie, though. If I'm being honest, though, I, I really love him in Birdman. Love him in that. I thought he should have won the Oscar that year. He's pretty great in that. He lost to J.K. Simmons, but I could have made an argument either way. J.K. Simmons is better. I mean, that's a tough. That's a tough year, though, in that category. I know, but J.K. Simmons is not only is it a wonderful performance, but it's also the more iconic performance as well. Right. So it's just perfect. He's pretty perfect in Fight Club, though, too. That's true. I always, yeah, yeah. He's like perfectly mysterious and weird in that movie. Well, he has to be. Right. And that, you know, he's this kind of unassuming guy where there's just something off, but you don't quite know what it is. Yes. I think for me, it's like Fight Club, um, uh, maybe 25th Hour, and then I suppose Birdman. Okay. I, but I do love him in American History X. I don't want to sell Yeah, he's short. great in that. No question. Yeah. I love Ed Norton. Yeah. One of our most underrated actors. Yeah. In one of the most underrated Marvel movies. That's true. He's also in like every single Wes Anderson film. You're, yeah, well, you know, you know, you like that, don't you? I kind of like him in Moonrise Kingdom. So do I. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> of course, I like him in Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, it's pretty good in that. I could take him. If you want my honest here, I could take him or leave him in Grand Budapest Hotel because he doesn't really matter in that movie. Like none of the characters except for Ray Fiennes. You're an idiot, dude. None of those performances. Whatever. 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 So I'm not going to unravel into a Wes Anderson podcast. But we're going to do best Wes Anderson. Films. Will not, is will, <laughs> is not <laughs> happening. Will we ever do a Wes Anderson? No, never, why not? Never. <laughs> I am considering banning Wes Anderson movies from this as well. Don't test me. This is my damn podcast. I own the mixer. I can ban Wes Anderson if I'd like. Are you? Ooh, ooh. I think we need to do this one day. <laughs> this would be great. Oh, it'd be so. Can much we fun. get into the superheroes for God's sakes? Here's I think your apprehension. <laughs> And I, I'm interested to talk to you about this. Okay. I think the reason why both of us are a bit, uh, I don't know, I, do we want to use the word skeptical? We are a little torn, I guess, on the subject of superhero movies because they've kind of destroyed cinema. Well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. What do they do for cinema other than make it worse? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Are they making it worse or are they keeping it alive? They're, here's the thing. They're keeping it alive, but kind of in the worst way. What do we get out of cinemas nowadays? You get this. You get spectacle. That's it. Right. So in a way, it's sort of stagnated cinema, which is I, frustrating. You could make the argument, though, if Star Wars and Marvel did not exist, movie theaters would not exist anymore. Sure. 
right? I, like, that's part of it. But people took that and just, you know, ran with it and it got kind of out of control. Right. And I get that it's a business, but I mean, Jesus, guys, try a little harder. Well, they are trying. I, I, I'll say that they are trying, and I'll give them more credit on that than you are. Mm-hmm. You sort of think that all of the artistic ambition is flushed out of these things by now. Not all of, not every single movie. In fact, there's a movie or two on this list where that's not the case. Yeah. But yet, out of, you know, there's 21 of these things. There's about 14 that have n- no artistic ambition whatsoever. Right. I think part of the reason why is that these movies have sort of become television. And it's transitioning at the same time that television is becoming more like movies. Yes. Right? I agree. TV is now the best outlet for cinematic ambition on like a big level. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is on television now. And that's more like a movie than Infinity War is. Yeah. Right? Uh, same with Breaking Bad. Same with Sopranos. <laughs> I was watching Sopranos last night, actually. Phenomenal show. Abby's never seen it. so feels very cinematic. Yeah. These... Uh, movies feel like just installments in another TV series. Yep. And I guess, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I would say for the most part, the nominees that we included are the ones that feel the least like TV. Or at least in, I would say, four out of six of these cases, they feel like they can stand alone as their own movies. What do you think? I suppose, yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. I would say out of the ones we picked, I'm, I'm looking at our list now, probably one, two, yeah, maybe three don't stand alone as films. Yeah. But it, but but for the most part, we got it pretty pretty close. There's one for me that definitively does not work all on its own. Right. And then there's another one for me that's like, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine it being, you know, a standalone film just, be, just by nature of what it is. And we'll Which get to it. I guess is... I mean, I don't know if I want to make a value judgment on it. That might be a good thing. That might be a bad thing. Mm. Um, here's where it's complicated. If I'm judging an episode of Breaking Bad, let's say Ozymandias, yes. the reason that that episode works so well sure. is because it pays off a five-season story. Mm-hmm. So like, it fits quite nicely in the larger spectrum of things. For some reason, we don't give Marvel the same credit. Yes. And and I I'm talking about both you and I here. When a movie doesn't stand on its own and when a movie tries too hard to contribute to the larger story, we knock it. And I wonder if that's like our own bias. Like is it just because we are conditioned to go see movies as standalone events? Possibly. That we're unable to accept the way things are now? Mhm. You know, whereas I think other filmgoers have. So I guess like where where should we stand on this? This happens to be the list of 6 nominees. Like, should we have given more thought to, say, Civil War? No. Why? Again, <laughs> uh, I think my, my takeaway is this. If you have the ability to, to make them good sequels but also make them stand alone as good films, then go ahead and do it. Right. And they don't generally do that anymore with these films, which is my – even though I like this film, my underlying problem with Infinity War is that – it absolutely, fundamentally does not work as a standalone film. No. Not even close. In any way. It's not even trying. No. But I guess that's maybe the only reason why it works for me, because it at least commits to that. Right. But at the same time, it's still a fundamentally flawed film in my view. I could not just flip that. Like, like if I'm coming into this series fresh, you cannot just enter any one of these films essentially past Iron Man. I mean, not all. I mean, there's a few. Yeah, you can. But there's a couple on our list, uh, most noteworthy, those 
like these two, which I'm pointing to. You're which, pointing to uh, Marvel's The Avengers and what else? Spider-Man? Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther. See, I disagree with Black Panther. Mm. I think that one works on its own. I do. No, there's no introduction to the Black Panther character. Yeah. Kind of, but no. same no, with no. Spider-Man, though. Uh, same with Spider-Man. I don't know what it is about Spider-Man, though. There's, some, there's, a better, there's a better setup for his character, though. Do they open that movie with cell phone footage of a fight from the previous movie? Now that they do. That's right. True. I mean, that's like directly linked to Civil War. Yes. The Tony Stark character is just like, hey, I'm a billionaire that <laughs> saves the world. Yes. Like, if you didn't know who Tony Stark was, that wouldn't work for you. I know. I can show this film to my dad, though, and he can still love it. I think same with Black Panther. Right. I do. We get it. He's a superhero in Wakanda. There's something that's that's uh, far more abrupt about it in Black Panther for me, though. All right. The, the fact that they're... I mean, they they just show him as if we just left him off in a scene from like like just we just left commercial and we're coming back and we're seeing Black Panther on a spaceship. Okay, like that's what it feels like. Whereas like the, there's something about Homecoming that feels like you know I don't know. There's more of a past built up, and they 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 they, they, they take a lot more time to show him as Spider Man. All like, right, like really show. him I mean, as that Spider-Man. makes me think that you want more origin stories. That's where I'm sort of pushing back on you. No, it's not even that. It's just like set up for me. I don't really care. The, the, my my criticism for Black Panther was that they didn't need to. They could have. They could have done that stupid fucking expository thing at the beginning with the black sand, which we both hate. Yeah. But they go straight into him on his spaceship as if you know it's a sequel to another movie, which it it is. But I didn't want them to treat it that way. It's like okay. Don't don't cut to him in his spaceship. Cut to the people on the ground smuggling these people. Yeah, and then see something weird going on in the background in the woods, ha- and have a few guys getting picked off, and we don't quite know what it is. And then there's a big reveal. Holy shit! It's Black Panther. That's how you introduce a character. All right. That's what you want to do. Okay. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. All right. You're kind of nitpicking. I'm just saying. I saw Captain Marvel. You didn't see Captain Marvel yet, no. right? Okay. That is a movie that does definitely stand on its own. Okay. Definitely. And I hated that aspect of it. Like, I hated the fact that we had to go through the whole shebang of this is what Brie Larson's character was. This is, She was in the military, or was she really in the military? And now she's a space warrior, and she's fighting with Jude Law, and now we have to find out mm-hmm. what Jude Law... And then the Kree and the Scroll War is reintroduced to us. But that's an origin story and going over things that we've already discussed. I know? think... No, it's the template more than anything else. It's not just the information. It's Are the you fact, sure? I, yeah. Because I, I hate the, the template of just throwing you into it. I really can't stand it. I yeah, really, really... You're really traditional about these things. No, it's Again, no, you don't have to do an origin story all, of, all over again. Just, you know, give me a proper introduction to this world. Here's the larger question. Yes. The movies have evolved over the years because, again, there's been 21 of them. Yeah. I think both of us are a little apprehensive about the evolution. Yeah. And I think we should be more open to the fact... That the way movies are made now is different. And sure. just as long as they have some sort of artistic merit to them, we should accept them for what they are. My just question, is it is it better than what we had before? I don't know. That's what we'll be talking about today, won't we? Okay. All right. Here are your six movies. Once again, Iron Man, The Avengers, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Black Panther. We will start at the top, chronological order, 2008. Iron Man. This was your nominee. Yeah. Talk to me about it. Okay. Well, it's 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 the first in in the entire MCU and it's you know follows Tony Stark as he essentially becomes Iron Man and is, you know, and it's kind of it's interesting because this is 
not the most action heavy film. It's very character oriented surround. I mean, almost entirely surrounding Tony Mm -hmm. and it's just wonderful. (laughs) It's a very good, good, good movie. And it's got some of the, and I would probably say that this is maybe the best casting of a superhero possibly. Oh, this is maybe ever possibly it's close. I think I could not think of a, I cannot, it's maybe him or, or Hugh Jackman as, as Wolverine. But I don't know. I might I'd even... put him over it. Hugh Jackman? No, I would put yeah. Downey over, okay, over cause, Jackman. Because I might do the same. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, there's literally no one else I can imagine as Iron Man anymore. It's about as perfect as you could get, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it got him at the right time in his career. Mm-hmm. He was uh, surmounting a bit of a comeback. Yep. And um, yeah, he was incredibly charismatic in this movie. The stakes are big, but the story feels intimate. It is. Yeah, it's incredibly intimate. And that's what I love about it. It's directed by Jon Favreau, written by a number of people. Again, this came out in 2008. Same year as Dark Knight. Yeah. What a summer that was. Yeah. Dark Knight, Iron Man both came out that same year. A lot of debate with people. I remember people kind of splitting heads on which they liked more. It was kind of funny. Yeah, I don't remember that much. I remember Dark Knight winning in a landslide. Nope, I don't. I don't remember the vote being split, but I guess it must have been. Yeah. Yep. I, I just remember that the paths were starting to diverge. Yeah. And it felt very obvious that the paths were starting to diverge. And, you know, we'll talk about it a bit when the Avengers came out. DC decidedly went one way and Marvel decidedly went another way. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, set the groundwork quite nicely. Yes, I agree. Um, I forgot Terrence Howard was in this as well. Yeah, he's the original Rhodes. Yep, that's right. And they recast him with Don Cheadle later on. Which I actually don't like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think John Don Cheadle belongs in anything. <laughs> Dude, you don't like Don Cheadle, huh? Not really. See, I love Cheadle. <laughs> I love him in the Oceans movies. You do? Out of sight, yeah. Okay. I know you don't like that British accent, right? No, I don't. Yeah, I dig him in those. Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. Which is the, you know, fuck Gwyneth Paltrow, but whatever. I will say her character, um, <laughs> with, with the exception of Bucky Barnes is the character that has been shoved down my throat the most in this universe and the one I care about the least. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. What are we missing with Pepper Potts? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just think she sucks. Well, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't suck, but like are we like like what have you done for us to, to really care that much about her? I There's don't no know. chemistry. No. That's the problem. No, she's annoying. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just my, my my you know frustration with everything Gwyneth Paltrow. But I, I don't know. You and Zach are so weird about that. Yeah, she's just awful. She's the worst. <laughs> she's not a she's not a great actress by any stretch for me. And I mean, as a person, she just sucks. As a person? Oh yeah, she's the, as a person. Yes. How do you know? Have you seen her in interviews? No. Or talked about her personal beliefs? Wait a minute. Her interviews are what we're supposed to judge her. Her morality on what else do i have to judge your morality on i don't know knowing her well this is all i have maybe you shouldn't jump to a conclusion about a celebrity if you don't know them no i'm jumping to conclusions because it's all i got god damn it didn't like chris martin cheat on her pretty bad (laughs) i felt bad with chris uh, martin yeah they were married weren't they well i probably (laughs) (laughs) what do you hate more chris martin or gwyneth paltrow uh i don't know I guess Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Yeah. I don't like Gwyneth. I think I think Chris Martin is decidedly the worst human being because <laughs> he, ga- he gave us Coldplay. And True. as bad as Pepper Potts is... It's not Coldplay. It's not Coldplay. I agree with that. Yeah. 
Uh, Jeff Bridges also pops up in this movie as the bad guy. Would you call him a memorable character? I like Jeff Bridges in the role. I don't think his villain specifically. Like, if you think of, uh, I forgot, I don't even remember the character's name. Obadiah Stane. Yes. But uh, I remember Jeff Bridges more than, like, him in the suit and shit like that. But that also sparked uh, kind of a, a negative legacy with CGI villains at the end with a big fight and a big beam in the sky. Yes. And that was annoying. Yes. Yes. And I, I agree with that. Um, the one thing that makes this movie sing, and it's one of the reasons why I love it so much, is that origin story. Yes. I know I just spoke very negatively about origin stories, but they spend a lot of time in the prison at the yeah. beginning. They spend a lot of th- He's in Afghanistan? Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. It's just really, really interesting, and and it's and the thing about about it that's so fascinating to me is that there's like hardly any action. It's just Tony being Tony and trying to survive. And I don't know. There's just something endlessly entertaining about him wa- watching him do his thing. Well, but, it's because I think that origin story is different from all the other origin stories. Yeah. Like the Doctor Strange origin story is guy gets in a car wreck and then goes to a magical wizard who gives him powers. <laughs> And you like, like the groundedness of Iron Man. Yeah. Well, just the uniqueness of it. It's true. Like there's no person finds magical rock that gives them the ability to fly is just not inherently an, an interesting origin story. Nope. The idea of a eccentric billionaire weapons manufacturer getting kidnapped by terrorists mm-hmm. and having to fight his way out of prison. That's different. Mm-hmm. And that's unlike any other origin story we've had in superhero movies. I agree. Right? And they also take their time, as you said, to develop it. And the creation of the character itself is grounded. Mm-hmm. You see the blueprints of the Iron Man outfit. You see the lengths that he has to go to disguise those blueprints. Remember, he draws them on like 30 different uh, transparent pieces yep. of paper and then stacks them on one another in order to make it align. Uh, and then also the... The ruggedness of that outfit, yeah, in the first movie, the in cameraness of it, by the way, yeah, the fact that the, the, this film incorporates quite a bit of practical work, right? Which is, which is a big, di- you can really see it in this one. Like if you go back and watch Iron Man and then you watch Infinity War, you're just like, whoa! It turned into the prequels, the yeah. Star Wars prequels. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. The movie is, yeah, it's real and it's grounded, and it's funny too because from a uh, effects point of view. The Iron Man suit is kind of goofy. <laughs> a little bit. And I think I realized that once Iron Man 2 came out, it just the way that it moves, the way that he flies, the way that you get a look inside the suit and you yeah. see basically just Robert Downey Jr. with a bunch of squiggly lines on his face. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, and oh, the worst yeah. is when the helmet comes off and you see his face. Robert Downey Jr. in a CGI. It's not CGI, usually. Well, fun fact. Is that right? Yep. Still looks goofy. A little bit. Yeah. But it's fun. It doesn't look goofy <laughs> in that movie, though, is my point. No, I agree. Especially in, in the first Iron Man. There's something about it that's just so real and grounded. And it's fun because guess what? This is the only, I think it's the only one on this list where the guy actually doesn't really have a superpower. Right. He doesn't really have a superpower. He's just very, very smart. Yeah, I would say that's the only one on this list, right? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Even Captain America makes a point about it in The Avengers. Yeah, definitely right. So, yeah, no, I, I again, it's just what, what I was saying before. Just 
like like uh, it's it's the proper build up and it takes a lot of time to develop his character and it takes a lot of time to set up Iron Man before Iron Man actually becomes a thing. And I don't know, it's just it's just more satisfying to me. Okay. I'm sorry, it just is. Nominated for best achievement in sound editing and best achievement in visual effects in 2009. Mhm won neither of those awards, but I think its legacy was much more long-lasting than the Academy. Yep. Because it created this cinematic universe yes. and set up for it very subtly at the end in the post credit sequence with Nick Fury. Yes. It was a great jumping-off point that we were all excited for. Until the rest happened. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. I agree with you. I love this movie. What else do you want to say about it? I, I I don't know. It's just fantastic. It's it's it, this is going to be an uh, I'm going to come back to this one because I really really love it. Yes. It's it's uh is there anything that I that I like really don't like about it because I don't know. I, I just think the Jeff Bridges character was a bit of a He's fine. I don't know. Just I mean a little bit of a swing and a miss. Jeff Bridges is, is it's Jeff Bridges. I just like seeing him on screen. But at the same time he's I wouldn't call him the most memorable. Should have been way more memorable. Sure. But he's got a, I, I, I like the the idea that he starts off as like a really lovable guy and then he becomes like a complete monster. Yeah, it's nice to see that change. Yeah, these movies just have a villain problem, and yeah. it's just something we have to live True. with. Well, how often do we see Jeff Bridges play a villain too? By the way, never. never. Yeah, it's a great point. Normally, he is the hero. You're right. So there's something interesting about that if you're a Jeff Bridges fan. Yeah, I guess. Um, it has the the best like suit up scene I think in any movie when he first puts on the Iron Man suit for the yeah. first time. Uh it's it's like one of the most iconic moments in film for me. Right. I really really love it. Yeah. I remember seeing that with my dad and he's just like that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I love everything about the first half, man. Yep. And I just love how practical it feels. Yeah. I agree. And I also feel like John Favreau should have stuck around longer. I know <laughs> obviously he's in these movies now as an actor, but I just feel like he is a perfect steward for this type of shit. He could have com- uh committed a lot more to this than he did i suppose i mean just made two of these movies and then tapped out like yeah. he should have been in line to be like the joss whedon <laughs> but that's another thing we'll talk about i think in a minute is okay. the carousel of directors that have moved in and out of these movies uh yeah iron man will be in the mix at the end no question yes we will talk about it all right marvel's the avengers i believe the avengers was copywritten yeah so you have to add the marvel in the front of it yeah, well, there was an Avengers film with starring Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes. Uh, oh, way, is that right? Way, way long ago, and it was terrible. Really? Yeah. It, so I guess nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Sean Connery in that movie as well. <laughs> Maybe that's a why is this a thing? I don't know. Apparently, it's awful. Okay. The Avengers, two thousand twelve's The Avengers, written and directed by Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. starring everybody: Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Mark <laughs> Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth. Tom Hiddleston, Clark Gregg, yep. Samuel L. Jackson. Who's that? He's the guy that uh, that that lost his eye to a cat. Oh. Spoiler alert for Captain Marvel. I've never heard of her. All you, Mar- all you Marvel heads. Nominated for one Oscar that year. Best Achievement in Visual Effects did not win it. Um, okay, let's talk about Avengers for a second. I nominated this movie. And I wanted to nominate it because I thought it was significant. It is significant. It was significant to the franchise, significant to film history in general. Mm-hmm. This movie came out the same year as The Dark Knight Rises, 2012. Oh, God, it did? Yeah, you're holy shit, you're right. Same summer. And wow. they were within, I think, a month and a half of each other. Wow, I didn't even know that. Cool. Yeah. So let me set the scene for you. 2012, I am a junior in high school. I am... 
psyched for Dark Knight Rises. I don't think there's ever been a movie that I have anticipated more than Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Avengers was a month and a half earlier, and I was cool with it, I guess. I wasn't like a huge Marvel head at that point. I remember, I think I binged Thor and Captain America in preparation for Avengers, just because I wasn't clamoring. I don't think anybody was really clamoring for these movies as much as they are now. No. And I was like, all right, Avengers will be cool, but Dark Knight Rises is the main event. And then 2012 comes along, and it's the complete opposite. (laughs) And that broke me. What do you mean? That broke me as a film goer. I was not ready for the Christopher Nolan template to die. And I was not ready for it certainly to be replaced by a 20 movie long cartoon series. By these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. What were your thoughts when you first saw the movie? Oh, well, well, I saw, uh, I suppose, I I don't know which, I, I was kind of like evenly matched with me. I guess. I mean, I loved The Dark Knight far more than I think anything else that had come out of these films at that point. But I, uh, there's something about The Dark Knight Rises and the build up to it that just, I think maybe it was just everyone else reacting to it that I just got tired of. Yeah. And I, I have to say that I think 2012, <laughs> it sounds strange because it's been so long now, but I think this was the year where superhero fatigue like really hit me. Yeah. Yeah. Was that early? No, yeah, because I... That was a long time ago, bro. I distinctly remember going to see... Uh, well, I mean, I know The Dark Knight Rises came out after, but I want to save my thoughts for uh, Avengers afterwards. But anyway, when I saw uh, Dark Knight Rises, I, I kind of... I thought, like, okay, well, that's that's good, right? But the ending is terrible. Sure. But whatever. And then it set in a while, while later, and I'm like, eh, I guess I'm not too much of a fan of that film. But you were not clamoring for other superhero movies? I distinctly remember going to see The Avengers and coming out of it and being like, so what? Huh. It was the first time where I was like, yeah, didn't really feel much there. Man. Wow. It was, and it was really depressing. It was in, in fact, it was incredibly depressing. I thought there were some cool moments and it's, it, it, there's some dumb fun to be had. But I just distinctly remember like, holy shit. Yeah, been there, done that really set in for me. It was it was upsetting. It's kind of a downer. It's kind of crazy that that was seven years ago at this point. Yeah, I guess, man, you were just further along in your film development than I was because I saw this movie and thought, yes, mm-hmm. this is the future of superheroes, <laughs> and I'm cool with it. Yep, I was I was down with it. Like yep. there was just a serotonin hit every thirty seconds in that movie. Yeah, there was a laugh where at at, at every turn. And there was never like sort of that lull, even though it's a long movie. It's like two and a half hours long. Yeah, I know. Um, it moves. It pops. These guys have natural chemistry with each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe they pulled this off. And I think it's a good movie. I think it's a really good movie. Yeah, I do too. It's it's just, yeah, no. I, I And I, I also agree, like the, the thing that I guess keeps it going for me is just how funny it is. It's very it's funny. essentially just a comedy. It's a sitcom. Yeah. And that's one of the things I responded to. And I remember thinking this at the time. Joss Whedon is a TV writer. Yeah. He did Buffy, did uh, did Firefly, correct? Yeah. He he wrote uh, Alien Resurrection. All right. Cabin in the Woods, Angel. So I think he comes from a specific sensibility, which is yeah. television. Put characters together, have them say funny things, mm-hmm. have them hang out, have them fight. But at the end of the day, everyone's okay. Yes. And I liked that. 
because it was unlike any of these other movies. Take a look at the franchise up until that point. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, that's a traditional... I mean, that's basically X-Men. That's basically Spider-Man. It still has sort of that old school superhero sensibility. Yeah. Incredible Hulk, kind of dark. Iron Man 2, stupid, but we forget about that one. Thor was like a costume drama. Yeah. That was Kenneth Branagh doing like Shakespeare in outer space. Yeah, pretty much. And then Captain America, the first Avenger is a period piece. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I responded well to Avengers at the time, and I still think of it fondly, but I sort of reject the sensibility that the Avengers created which is none of these movies matter. There are no stakes. It's just about putting hot people in costumes and having them say funny things. Yes. Yeah. Right? It, it's like the quintessential escapism films nowadays where, where you know, it's, it's one of those movies, I guess, that uh, kind of killed death. Kind of. You know, because I agree. One of my bigger issues with the, the films on the whole is that, you know, I, I never worry about anything that's happening on screen, which is why they just kind of feel so boring to me. Mm. I was acutely aware watching the Avengers that, okay, yeah, obviously nothing's going to happen to these people. There's no fucking way anybody, anything can happen to these people because we need to see more movies with Hulk or Thor, or Iron Man, Captain America, so on and so forth. And it just like, I think I think it was the point where the facade really started to break down for me personally. I still enjoyed myself, generally speaking, but I, I just, again, the, the best way I can describe it is that I distinctly remember that feeling of, okay, yeah, this isn't as perfect as I thought it was. The one thing I do remember, too, is that the filmmaking wasn't that remarkable. No. And that's because Joss Whedon also directed it. And he is a writer, first and foremost, and is really good at that. But I remember just those action sequences kind of flat. Yeah, and kind of falling. Everything's flat. evenly lit, and looking at oh my god, freaking Captain America in this movie. His, his the worst, costume is ridiculous. Worst costume I think I've ever seen. You forget how bad that costume was too, because it's evolved over it, the years. It's a Halloween costume. He's literally wearing a Halloween costume. It's amazing. Yeah, and then that whole New York fight sequence, as you said, there's not a lot of personality in it. It takes place on one street. It's yeah, just a couple. It's a couple explosions. It's. You kind of get lost in the mix, and I, I don't know, man. I, 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 my favorite scene is when Hulk kicks the shit out of Loki. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that was good stuff. It's, and it's visually memorable. <laughs> and the thing about it, too, is that Loki is a memorable villain. He's yeah. one of the best villains the series has ever had, so that helps. Yep. And I was going to say, yeah, we can't go without saying that it has one of, if you could probably argue he's still the best. He's not my favorite now, but yeah, one of the best Marvel villains we've, we've had probably that we're ever going to have. Just because there's history to him. Yeah. I think that's what helps, too. Yeah. Is he was in the first Thor. We got a sense of the dynamic between Thor and Loki. Mm -hmm. And so when he decided to terrorize the world, it had weight to it. And you understood his motivations to a certain extent. And he also just has a lot of charisma. Like Tom Hiddleston is just really good in that role. I hadn't seen the first Thor before seeing the Avengers. Oh, wow. I saw it afterwards. And I thought, uh, well, well, this is a lot better than that first Thor. But I also remember thinking, like, this is a great villain. Yeah. And I, th- and, and I actually picked up, like, what his history was just through, you know, what, what was given to me in that first uh, uh, Avengers. So, yeah. Okay. It was great. I dig it. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as you for the most part. I think we both like this movie. Yes, I like the movie. And we acknowledge that it's a great feat of storytelling. And it's an important one in the realm of the MCU. It's it, Some might even say it's the most important. I, I see people rank this one as, as number one all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. 
it, the problem is that it created something that we don't look on too fondly. No. Also, because here's the thing. I find the Avengers movies, if it has the word Avengers in the title, I just think it's one of the least interesting installments of the whole franchise. I like the solo movies way more. Yeah, me too. You know? Age of Ultron, I hate. Haven't seen Age of Ultron. Whoa! Why? How? Because I just said I don't feel like seeing it. And you felt comfortable doing that? Yeah. You were just like, fuck it? Yeah. I'll skip it? Not that hard to do, man. Really? Yeah. Dude, I envy you, dude. <laughs> dude, that is such a swag move. I'm going to go home and watch Dawn of the Dead for the fifth time <laughs> or whatever. Dude, that is so much swag. <laughs> you just skipped right over Age of Ultron. That's crazy. I remember everyone <laughs> everyone was like going, like, so excited to go see it. And they're like, it's awesome. No strings on me. James Spader. Fuck yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I got better things to do. What, 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 like, what's coming out? Oh, Godzilla? Sure, I'll watch that. Dude, Age of Ultron is so bad. Yeah, I know. It's so terrible. Because it's everything Joss Whedon does poorly, which is direct an action sequence. <laughs> He's just not good at directing an action sequence in that movie. If you think the fight in New York has no personality, how about the fight with the floating village over Russia? Like They, they, like, they like, take, they take a portion of the Earth and... and it ascends from the ground. Okay. And they're like fighting a bunch of like robots in the sky. Oh my God. It's really bad. Yeah. The Scarlet Witch Quicksilver stuff does not work on any level. No. Well, it, it was, no shit. <laughs> what do you mean no, <laughs> no shit? No one gave a fuck about that stuff. Scarlet Witch. I mean, it could have worked. We just didn't care. We Because those two have just like no personality and they were not given a proper introduction. Yeah, pretty much. Where do you stand on Hawkeye in the Avengers? <laughs> I love. I I might be on your side with just Jeremy Renner in these films, not Jeremy Renner as a whole, but certainly in the Avengers films, it's where it's like, what the hell is he doing in these movies? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I love him in this, <laughs> but, but kind of ironically, I mean, he's barely in the movie if you think about it. They like give him like a minute long introduction. Hey, bow and arrow guy, <laughs> and then what? before you know it, he's brainwashed by Loki. What's your What's your problem with Jeremy Renner? I mean, I, feel I have no problem with him. I love him. I think he's perfect. Dude, I love him. <laughs> have I not made that clear? Yeah, I feel like you, you talk around it sometimes. I don't talk... What? You think I'm dodging the subject of Jeremy Renner? Do you do you really love Jeremy Renner, or do you just feel like he's out of place in everything? Oh, it's definitely ironic. No question. <laughs> I actually... I don't actually love him. Yes, I think he's terrible, but I love him. Is that not clear? I think I got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. Isn't the idea of him prancing around in tights shooting a bow and arrow doesn't that make you laugh yeah okay i I agree yes 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 dude i will slurp up this upcoming hawkeye series with a with a fucking straw bro is he in it yeah oh god disney plus is doing like four different marvel series fucking hell man they're doing a they're doing a, a a uh what is it scarlet rich and uh vision is that is that what the red Who guys call? Who cares? They're doing that. Who gives a sh- Why do people care about this stuff? And then they're doing a series with Anthony Mackie oh. and the Winter Soldier. Oh, Bucky. Oh. And then they're doing Hawkeye. Oh my god. <laughs> All oh are going to be mini series on Disney Plus. Fuck that, man. I'd rather drink bleach. Ew. Yeah. All right, Which next. means I'd rather kill myself. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Are you ready for the next one? Yes. This is one of my nominations. Mm-hmm. 
Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yep. Directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. Yeah. The Russo brothers. Yep. Directors of many a Marvel film That's correct. following this. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny that these guys took the reins. Because, again, at one point, looked like John Favreau might be able to run the ship. And then they gave the keys to the castle to Joss Whedon. And didn't then work out. he didn't work out with Ultron. And these guys end up making the Winter Soldier, which is basically like Jason Bourne with tights. That's what the movie is. Yeah. And then they just, for the rest of it, they're like, yeah, you're our guys now. You're going to make Civil War. You're going to make both Avengers movies. And you're going to sort of shepherd the story from here on out. Yeah. And maybe rightfully so. I guess. Tough to say. I kind of love this movie. I do too. I adore this movie. Yes. And this is one of my favorite uh, uh, Marvel movies by a mile, and that's, what, of course, why I nominated it. Yes, I agree. It feels distinct, even though the story sort of falls in line with the rest of these movies. Like, it doesn't really stand alone. No, not exactly. Uh, but it's, an, it's a spy film. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a facet that, you know, we, we never even thought these movies could, could, could be. Right. But it works. It does work. It's the genre, I think, that I most respond to of all of these genres. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge, like, space opera guy. <laughs> uh, I kind of like... What do you mean you're not a huge space opera well, I guy? I like Star Wars, but that's about but it. That is the space opera. I know, opera. but everybody loves Star Wars. It, I'm not it, a Star Trek dude. That's not... That's just science fiction. Right. It's different. Chill out. Genre police. Well, God, now we need Zach here. Get off Where your Where are horse. you, Zach? Get off your high horse. I need... I can't do this without Zach. We can't talk Star Trek without him. Put your badge away. Whatever. I am like not I'm kind of into high school comedies I guess but I but I think of all of these genres that the Marvel movies have tried to mimic spy movie is the ones that I love mm-hmm. and uh, this movie works on that level yes starring Chris Evans Sam Jackson Scarlett Johansson Robert Redford Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier Bucky Barnes and Anthony Mackie this is kind of another Avengers movie it revolves around shield yes which is the organization, funny enough, that I I don't care about what happens with S.H.I.E.L.D. Do you, no. like, care fundamentally what happens with them? You're talking to the guy who stopped caring at Avengers. No, but just, like, as a concept, does the name S.H.I.E.L.D. mean anything to you? No. It's just this... Of course not. It's like Treadstone, right? It's the mo- <laughs> It doesn't mean anything. Not as evil as Treadstone. It's just... But it's sort of an anonymous organization. It's the most boring thing about these movies, probably. Yeah. Definitely. And they keep focusing all their time on, and I don't know why. But in this movie, it works. Yeah. In this movie, it really works. Because they get into the inner workings of what it actually is. Right. And we, you know, get enough time invested with uh, our, well, do I want to talk about Robert Redford right away? Go for it. Do you like Robert Redford in this movie? No. Okay, because I'm not sure I do either. Hate him in this. Yeah. I feel like he's very out of place. Well, I'm not a huge Redford fan to begin with. I know. I mean, I'm more of a Paul Newman guy. I want to pick one or the other. I wonder what you're referring to. Well, there's a few movies, actually. Shit. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. How many movies are they in together? At least four or five, right? I guess. Uh, I can only think of two off the top of my head. Uh, The Sting. Yeah. And Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah, they were in a few more. Were they? Not like high-profile ones, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they often work together. Cool. Um, Yes, I agree, though. Paul Newman's. I feel like Robert Redford has worked better behind the camera. Oh, God, yeah. And I think Newman is just more of a charismatic movie star. He is. I don't want to throw shade at uh, Robert Redford, though. I do like him quite a bit. It's safe to do so. You're yeah. in a safe space. You can yes. throw shade as much as you want. No, no, I don't dislike him. Dude, he was just a pretty boy that 
was lumped in with all of the great actors of his generation, <laughs> and he wasn't that good. It wasn't bad. Can we admit that? No. He's good. Dude, he's in all the president's men with Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> and Hoffman is just dunking on him the whole movie. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't even fully agree with that. Dude, come on. No, not really. You don't think he's mismatched in that movie? No. I actually kind of like him in that movie a lot. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. I kind of hate Redford and everything. That movie <laughs> All is Lost? Yeah. Hated that movie. I have not seen All is Lost. Hated it! Why do you hate All is Lost? Nothing happens! So what if nothing happens? All right, I have a movie for you. Okay. Robert Redford <laughs> on a boat. Boat gets a hole. Redford's got to clog the hole. Sail rips off the boat. Redford's got to climb up the sail. You would think, eh, I need someone with a lot of charisma to carry that movie. Yeah. And this guy at age 80 certainly has no charisma. Sorry, <laughs> all is lost. Did I hate that movie, dude? I have not seen dude, it. Dude, it's so boring. Right. It's so bad. I've had a lot of people give me like like kind of all over the place reactions. Some people like think it's awesome and then other people are like, it is the most boring film I've ever seen. I saw that movie in Boston with Nick Evangelista. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I'm like, I heard such great things. Robert Redford's going to get nominated for the Oscar. It's, it's, it's a huge thing. And oh, my God. We're sitting there. Nick is the most plot-oriented kid <laughs> I've ever met in my life. And he also, must... t- a, like, short attention span ADHD shit. Oh, my God. He must have hated that. So about 10 minutes into the movie, he goes, this movie could really use a lot of Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> and I go... <laughs> I go, what would we cast Gilbert Gottfried as? And I think he goes, the son. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried should be the son. So we're sitting there during the entire movie making Gilbert Gottfried jokes. <laughs> like just like <laughs> inserting the dialogue that Gilbert Gottfried would say if he was playing the son in this movie. And I don't mean the son of Robert Redford. I mean the astronomical object the sun <laughs> like as the heat is pounding down the on star him, that he... <laughs> provides light to the earth the sun <laughs> this, what is the sun watching over him but he tear, tears his sail and he's just like take that you schmuck and stuff like that put on some spf 50 <laughs> <laughs> you ginger fuck <laughs> okay it's getting really hot in here okay yeah, that was my experience seeing all his life. <laughs> so if you want to watch that movie, do that. But but keep in mind the extra layer that you have to add to it. The, the, the movie is only entertaining if you imagine Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> as the son. That's what I'm trying to That's say. That's a great review. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. Uh, no, I really dig this movie, man. Yeah. I do. I love the action sequences in it. Yeah, very again, like similar to the Bourne films, but not too shaky. I, th- I thought they were pretty, pretty uh, discernible. It was, it was. Yes, it's very fluid, but I, at the same time, it's very, very raw and realistic and hard hitting. And it's got. Uh, oh no, we're not there yet. I was going to talk about Black Panther, but he's not in it until the next one. Yes, that's not till Civil War. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of a small-ish story. Smaller. I love the fight sequence. With Sam Jackson, I guess not a fight sequence, but he's in that car. Oh, it's great. And he sort of, he he burrows into the ground and is able to escape that way, remember? Well, it's so uh, clever and creative. It's just fun, too. But at the same time, it's really, like, nerve-wracking. And it's just it's just like, oh, God, like, this is hard-hitting and people can die here. Exactly. Like, the, like that agent who, who dies. No, he gets shot. Agent though. Coulson dies in, in, Mar- in The Avengers. Okay. Right? I think so. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he gets stabbed or something by Loki. But I remember Sam Jackson getting shot in this one. Yeah. Like, really freaked me out. I was like, oh, my God, they're going there. Mm -hmm. And it was really effective. Yeah. 
really dig that sequence. Love the fight in the elevator. Yeah. It's just so close quarters and uh, like just minimalistic in a, mm-hmm. in a weird way. Yep. And like, I think that's why I respond to this movie so much. It's not just a CGI clusterfuck. At one point, a spaceship is involved, I think, and buildings are falling on top of each other and it, it, it gets Marvel by the end of it. Yeah. But it feels just like James Bond for a while and that I really enjoy. And I also love the chemistry between Chris Evans and ScarJo. Yeah, and I too. really like her in this movie a lot. And I've been waiting for this Black Widow movie. And I know it's coming eventually, but I, I just wonder why we haven't gotten to it sooner. She's really good in these movies. Yeah, she. Well, this is the first time she was ever given any room to shine. Because you think about her in like Iron Man two, and there's just like nothing going no, on. No, that, that's nothing. just exposition. It's just weird to think about Scarlett Johansson being in a movie where she, there's nothing for her to do. Yeah, I mean, think about that. And she is. She like lights up the screen. I know. Like, every time you see her, you can't take your eyes off of her. So, like, why wouldn't you have her doing things? I don't know. She's very good in this. Yeah, she is. But I also like the dynamic eventually between Bucky and, uh, and, uh, um, Rogers. <laughs> can't remember his name. I love that finale. I don't get Sebastian Stan in these. That's okay. I kind of, no, yeah, I could see that. I don't get him. Yeah. I don't get him. I don't get the character. I, I guess I, I'm not convinced that. Steve Rogers would turn the world upside down to save his one friend. Yeah. I think it's the only like like friend he ever had, I guess. Like like real friend. Yeah. I suppose like that's that that was kind of his buddy from the beginning. Yeah. And I guess you have to be more invested in the first movie to get it. Yeah, but see, I what I don't know. I saw that first movie and I I do understand it, but put it this way, I am way more interested with the dynamic between Downey and Tom Holland. Yeah. In Spider-Man. And I'm way more interested in ScarJo and Mark Ruffalo. Me too. Those relationships pop for me. And there is a lot of weight put to this particular relationship, and I never quite feel like it gets there. I guess. You know? I like it, though. I don't dislike it at all. And I'm never not invested. Okay. You know, if if that makes any sense. But if I were to pick one, I guess I would go with uh, Downey and and Tom Holland. Yeah. I agree. And we'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. Next movie. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That's right, motherfuckers. So we didn't nominate Guardians 1. Yeah, you know why? Why? Because we like this one more. Correct. Yeah. Accurate. And I guess we have to represent the movie. We can't, like, nominate two from the same franchise. <laughs> I was tempted to do it. That would be lame. But they're really good. <laughs> they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is the moment, and I think you probably feel the same way, where I'm like, oh, yeah these movies can really be something different. Yes. You know, like the rest of these movies were sort of cookie cutter at this point. And then Guardians comes around and it's like, oh yeah, you can build a compelling world within the other world. Yes. You know, and you can have standalone stories that you can get just as excited for as the Avengers. Exactly. And just as you, you know, everything you just said and the fact that, oh, this can actually have a, an, an sort of an auteur vision to it. Yeah. There's something very more distinct about this film than maybe any other Marvel film. I mean, yeah, as far as the Disney Corporation will allow. Yes. Like, like there's still a lot of world building in these. I still think visually and and stylistically from a filmmaking uh, standpoint, uh, these films are certainly the most distinct of the bunch for me personally, especially number two. Right. 
when when you get into like 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 just the, the many James Gunn isms in the the warp scene, yeah, <laughs> which is wonderful. Guardians of the Galaxy Two, I'll remind you, directed by James Gunn, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Michael Rooker, Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Pretty good cast. Elizabeth Debicki shows up. Sylvester Stallone. God, I forgot Stallone popped up in these. Oh, my God. That's right. Are they going to go back to that at some point? Do you want Stallone back in these? Of course. Of course course I do. I guess I would, too. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Guardians 1 did feel different. Yeah. But Guardians 2 really took it to that next level, and they allowed James Gunn to play in the sandbox. No, I was like, okay, this is like... uh, Guardians 1 is James Gunn directing a Marvel movie, which that combination in and of itself is a pretty wacky Marvel movie, which yes. makes it distinct in and of itself. But then the second one, they just said, make a James Gunn movie, period. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome, and it's wonderful, and I love everything about it. <laughs> it's it's funny, too. This was the one franchise when they announced it, I didn't know who the character was. I had heard of the rest of these characters, and the, yeah. then we're like, okay, we're going to make a team-up movie with a talking squirrel and a talking tree. Yep. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's a very ambitious undertaking, but the spirit is so irreverent. Yes. And I think that's what I love about them. The stakes are just as low as they are in the rest of these movies, but these characters seem to be self-aware mm-hmm. and they seem to understand how ridiculous this world is and these premises are. Mm-hmm. And also they're funny. Yeah. They're funny people. I agree. Who make funny jokes. And Chris Evans, as Captain America, is not that guy. No. Well, this is the problem with maybe the other films, is that there's a level of self-importance and sort of a pretentious quality at times with some of them. Yeah. I just really, I just can't, I can't get wrapped up in, in the, like you said, the irreverence in these films really makes me, I don't know, almost more uh, respectful towards this approach. I don't find myself uh, watching these films and, and, you know, it's hard for me to look at someone in tights and be like, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. My hero. My he- yeah. It's, a- it's like, no, no, that's not why I come to see these films. I want, you know, I want to see. You want to have a good time. Embrace your stupidity, mm. but have heart. Yes. And that's exactly what these movies do. Right. That's what both of them do. It's great. I would actually say these are my two favorite of um, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Yeah, I think both of them. That that's what I would put as the top two, and I agree with you. This movie kicks it into another gear. The stuff with Michael Rooker and Kurt Russell—it's just awesome. There's such a, a heart and soul. I mean, I would actually consider Kurt Russell one of the better villains in these movies. Mm-hmm. And I guess we don't really bring him up in the conversation, but I think he's by far one of the more compelling. Yeah, I think he's better than Loki. I would argue he's better than Loki. Well, again, I like him more just because of how he plays off of uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, and you know what what that character means to Chris Pratt, but also when you throw uh, uh, Michael Rooker into the mix. And how that actually benefits the, the the investment that I have towards Kurt Russell as a character, and kind of the going back and forth on you know what what it really means to be a, a true father figure. And of course, a lot of these movies deal with daddy issues. This is well treaded territory, but it does it in a very sincere way. Yeah, and I think that's what brings it over the edge. We get the fact that Batman's parents were killed in an alley, mm-hmm. and like that's not exactly the most nuanced origin story. <laughs> This is like, yeah, dad goes away, but dad comes back, but he's not really dad because he wasn't there in the first place, you know? And and that is, um, 
that just rings true on a human level. Yes. And even though these movies are the biggest, quote unquote, and they're the most foreign in terms of there's a lot of aliens and a lot of green people and talking trees and talking raccoons, it feels the most emotionally grounded of all of them. Oddly, yeah. Right? It's like it's, it's it's so crazy and so colorful and out there, but I yeah, I can relate to this one more than almost every other one. I'd say there's honestly one more on here that I might relate to more. Yeah, and I get you. Yeah. I understand where you're going with this. Um Yeah, maybe we could have nominated the first one as well. But I but you're right though. If we're going to choose one as the winner, it's going to be part 2. But I the thing is if the reason I was tempted to pick the first one is because of the legacy of the first one. I yes. saw a lot of movies, not just Marvel movies, but other films from other universes try to mimic specifically Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. They almost said, "Okay, like like it had it had almost um um what's what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? It had like passed the threshold of 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 the Avengers, like where everyone was trying to mimic uh, Avengers, and then all of a sudden Guardians comes along. It's like okay, we want to do this. Yeah, happened a lot with the DC universe too. Sure, and they well also too the use of '80s songs. Yes, yes, that's true. The the retro aspect, obviously, it's not the first thing to go for a retro sensibility, but I think Stranger Things was probably. Directly influenced by Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. Um, the, this is this is the film, and maybe this is a bad thing, but sort of, I don't know, injected everyone with the nostalgia phase. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Right, and not necessarily a great thing. You're right. No. In most cases, I kind of roll my eyes. Um, but I agree with you. It's so charming in this, though. Yeah. It's hard not to love it, and I guess that's why that's that's why it picked up at the end of the day. Because yeah, it's not just they're not just playing '80s songs in the background the character peter quill has the cassette tape yes right that's the it that is the last remnants of home Mm -hmm. so it's a personal connection that you have to the songs yeah it's not just oh remember this thing it was cool let's play it again and remember how cool it was yes i agree and so so it serves the character in some way there's a good thematic level to it and a substance to it that would not be there otherwise it's not just there for you know the sake of hey you remember that song like Probably in, uh, I would assume, in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm. uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if people think about Guardians 2 they as don't. fondly as we do, though. That's the only weird thing about I it. I know, because I love it. And I wonder why that is. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I... Is it too weird? <sighs> Who cares if it's too weird? Yeah, but I'm, I'm just asking, why do you think they think that way? That could be it. Because the reviews I remember being kind of mixed. No, I thought the same thing. I was like, I was surprised when uh, when people saw it and they're like, yeah, you know, it's not the perfect, it's not that perfect. It's, you know, treading a lot of the same territory as the first one. And then I saw, I was like, it just does everything that the first one does and then better. Right. As far as I'm concerned. So, so what? Yeah, I feel it's the gr- same way. It's great. Love Baby Groot. <laughs> yep. I love Baby Groot. <laughs> oh, Baby Groot's the best. Batista was, I think, one of the breakout stars of these movies and he's even better in part two. Then yep. part one. Oh, my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Love the dynamic between him and uh, what's Mantis? Is that the name of the? Yeah, yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Nebula becomes a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this movie, man. I love this movie. And it's going to be in contention as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Spider-Man colon homecoming. Go ahead, buddy. You nominated it. I nominated this one. This is uh, essentially the you know the MCU Spider-Man, the first movie we get out of uh, Spider-Man in this crazy, wacky, convoluted thing that that we have in front of us. Um, and this is it's not an origin story. 
which is no, cool. that's different for Spider-Man. Correct. Holy shit. Correct. Uh, and everyone fucking loved it. Yeah. Myself included. Mm, I did too. Uh, and this entire film is essentially, I've said it before, it's a John Hughes film. Sure. And it's with, with Spider-Man in it. 16 candles, except he's got web shooters. Yes. Put it on the poster. This is my second favorite of the MCU films. Pretty nice run for the MCU yeah. in 2017. I, ooh, I love this movie. Here are the three movies only two years ago. Guardians 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok. Pretty good. All yeah. in the same year. That's not bad. As much as we love to bitch and moan about how samey-samey these movies are getting, mm -hmm. that was only two years ago. And the quality has, I think, taken it up to a next level. I agree. Ragnarok was the only other movie I consider nominating here. And it was the only one that it just missed the cut for me. Yeah. I almost put Ragnarok in. Uh, but that was a really good run, 2017. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then I have to admit, uh, oh, boy. It's, it's This is one of my favorite Spider-Man films, though. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I would put it... It's maybe number... I mean, I, again, I haven't seen, seen a Spider-Verse. So, right. So as of right now, it's number three. Maybe number two? I think it's number four for me. Okay. Yeah, I think two is definitively better. Mm -hmm. I would put the original Spider-Man at number two, and then I would put uh, Spider-Verse and then Homecoming at four. Okay. Yeah. Love Michael Keaton in the movie? Oh, God. He's, he could be my favorite villain. Man, another pattern we're, we're running into here. All of these movies have good villains. And same with this. It's just another dad trying to get by. That's essentially all his villain is. Yeah. yeah. That twist lands really well. It's awesome. And it's awesome. I think that's kind of funny because most of these twists we see coming. That's one of, I think, the complaints of these movies is that they're so predictable. Mm -hmm. And in this case... It lands in, in a real gut punch sort of way. Which is weird because it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. They don't even really give you any indication that it's going to happen. Right. It's just like, whoa, there it is. Okay, great. But it adds a whole new interesting and, and kind of fucked up layer to it. But it's just so much fun. Mm. Tom Holland is born to play this role. Yes. In my opinion, he's uh, the best Spider-Man, certainly. I think so. Uh, you could debate Peter Parker. Yeah, I, I hate that stupid distinction you and yeah, Zach always make. No, you have to. Some, no, you don't, yeah, man. Yeah, you do. Because they're, they're, they're not the same. Dude, they're playing the character, man. They're not the same character, though. They're they are, dude. One's an alter ego. Yes, exactly. Stop, dude. They're not the same character. Peter, they don't have split Peter, personalities, Peter man. Parker behaves very differently than Spider-Man. Very differently. Man, you're really picking nits here. I'm sorry. I might still go Tobey Maguire, though, as a Peter Parker. I, I love Tobey just for nostalgic reasons. I know, but it's it's close. I think Tom Holland hits the best balance. So for that, he's probably the best. Mm. Uh, Downey shows up in this in, again, the perfect role for him. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he can carry the movie if he wants to. Mm -hmm. He's done that three times previously. Yes. I just love him as a supporting character. <laughs> and I don't know how the events of Endgame are going to shake out, but I am upset if we don't get any more of him as a supporting character. Because he's really good in this, um, and I love the dynamic. Um, the 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 nice thing too is that there is no Infinity Stone involved. Oh God, yeah. Well, that that's something people complained about when this film came out. What they were like, it it, it feels inconsequential in, in the realm of the series. And I was like, that's exactly why I love it. Exactly the point. Exactly why I love it. <laughs> When's the last time that we got a, a Marvel MCU film that just felt small, yeah, and personal, and was and, and could be its own voice. You know, right. it's like it, it just doesn't happen. I I like being able to separate separate myself from those uh, like unbelievably high stakes. You know, 
John Watts directed this thing, by the way. He also did a movie called Cop Car. Did you see that? Yep. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. He also did Clown, which is pretty good. Okay. And he is, up, of course, directing the upcoming Spider-Man movie, Far From Home. Uh, it got everything that the amazing Spider-Man movies did not get right. <laughs> which is nothing. Which is, yeah, nothing. <laughs> this one has a sense of humor. Amazing Spider-Man did not. Tom Holland feels like a high school kid. Andrew Garfield did not. Yes. Michael Keaton is an interesting villain with motivations. None of the villains from those Amazing Spider-Man movies did. They're not even villains. Yeah. <laughs> and it just has this sort of fun teenage attitude to it. Yes. That the Amazing Spider-Man movies didn't have. It was like those movies are about a sort of early 20s hipster, or at least he feels like an early 20s hipster, that, you know, does not have a lot of fun being Spider-Man. And Tom Holland feels like he's having a ton of fun playing Spider-Man, and that's why we have a lot of fun watching him. Yeah. Well, the thing about Spider-Man that they kept getting wrong was that Spider-Man is just supposed to be a kid who wants to do the right thing, but he's always in over his head. Right. And that's, yes, it's, it just, it just, just infuses him with the, with, with like relatability and, and a certain level of vulnerability. And it's just, again, you just never, ever get that out of superheroes anymore. And it's just wonderful to see a movie have that level of groundedness to someone who shoots webs out of their hands. Yeah. You know? And I, like you were talking about with the, the tone of the film and it's sort of like kid attitude or teenage attitude is when he first puts on the suit and actually takes a little while to get to that point. But when he, he hops up on the roof and Blitzkrieg Bop starts playing and I, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to like this movie. Right. This is I'm, a punk rock movie. I'm really going to like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And also the fight sequences are not like remarkable, but they're memorable. Yes. They have that sequence at the Washington Monument mm-hmm. and you I sort of, it. you get a sense of the geography there and how it, big it is. Yeah. And it feels like it has weight to it, but it's just like the little things he's up there and he's like, yeah, I've never been up this high. I right. don't like this. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to see out of Spider-Man. He's flying on that airplane and the airplane has that camouflage on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, it, this movie really works. Yes. And it, it it works just because it kind of goes back to basics. Yes. It doesn't try to be too much. Even though it has a connectivity to the Avengers story, it's not too, too connected. And I hope that the upcoming movie has sort of that similar feel to it. I agree. Well, uh, as Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is the next one called? Spider-Man Far From Home? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It, and that's... it. I was I was going to say the it, it does kind of go back to basics, but at the same time doesn't feel... It doesn't exactly feel like it's trying to be the same film as like Iron Man at all. Right. Which is what I appreciated about it. It's very much its own thing. And that's the thing. To me, it stands out amongst many of the other Marvel films. Yeah. So. I mean, it also, you know, it has a sense of the stuff that you go through in high school. Which is what I love. Oh, I love that. You have that crushes so in high school and you don't know so. what to say at a certain moment and... You know, Zendaya's in this movie as, yeah. as I guess, what we come to find out is MJ. I know. Which uh, is kind of weird. But... And th- that's an interesting take on that character. Yeah. I dug it. She was just sort of a loner outcast, unlike Mary Jane in the original movies, who's mm-hmm. just this beautiful redhead. And I don't care about changes like that. That's fine. No, I dig it. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm speaking yeah. about this all positively. Um, the girl that he has a crush on in this movie um, and, and playing on the fear of your girlfriend's dad. Yes. Like, that's a legitimate fear. Am I going to be able to impress the parents on prom night and how they take that to a logical extreme? I know. It's all grounded in stuff. And, that, yeah. and I think that's sort of the same thing that we were saying with Guardians Volume 2. Mm-hmm. The fictional conflict is born out of real emotional conflict. 
Yes, precisely. Which is all I want in these films, and we just never seem to get them. But again, like you said, I I was watching this film, and I'm just like, damn, like I, I have been Peter Parker before. I know what this is like. The only nitpick I have, yes, in the context of this conversation, because again, we're trying to induct one movie in. It is the least significant movie of these six mm-hmm. in the totality of not just Marvel but movies in general. I suppose, yes, right. It just it had the least amount of impact, and I don't think it's going to have that iconic of a legacy no i no and i agree with that which is upsetting because it is it's probably my second favorite i mean and and i do have a personal bias i just love spider-man i always say if i'm not deadpool i'm spider-man okay and so for that very reason yeah and i know you push back on me i nominated the sixth movie on this list black panther for legacy alone though yes well and some iconography i'll say this i'll say this i like this movie more than you you like it a lot more than I do, a lot as far as I'm you. concerned. <laughs> you you hate this movie. Yeah. You've really grown to dislike this movie. Yeah, I don't like this movie. And I'm just not on the same page as you. Of course, directed by Ryan Coogler, starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael V. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Dana Garari, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya, <laughs> Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, Sterling K. Brown, Forrest Whitaker, <sighs> Angela Bassett, Andy Serkis. Wow, what a cast. Unbelievable cast. Uh, nominated... For a ton of Oscars. Yeah. Best Achievement in Sound Mixing. Best Achievement in Sound Editing. That's correct. Original Score. Original mm-hmm. Song. Costume Design. Production Design. As a matter of fact, it won three of those awards. I'm talking about Production Design, Costume Design, and Original Score. Not bad. Three Oscars for this movie. And of course, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture of the Year. The first and only superhero movie to ever be nominated in this category. That alone seems like a reason to put it on the list. Well, if you consider why the Academy nominated it. All right, man. I get it. I know. What? what it's, I, no, it's, I know. It's bullshit, dude. I, uh, it I is. Know. It is bullshit. And that's okay. You can admit it. No, I, I get you. I get you. I think it's a little more stylized than you do, though. I give a little more credit to the filmmaking here. And I know you don't. What filmmaking? I think Ryan Coogler does a pretty damn good job. I do. I feel like this movie feels distinct. And it, it separates itself from the rest of the of the series, in my opinion. The music is different. The music's different, yes. Um, the set pieces... I guess the end set piece kind of sucks. But There's the, literally a guy riding around on a rhino with armor on it, <laughs> running people over. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> There's some interesting stuff though. The stuff at the waterfall that that has an interesting look to it. Okay. The fight that they have in the casino, the smash pan or the or the smash zoom, I should say. I don't know. That stuff works. You don't feel the same way. Go ahead, do your rant. We've done this rant. I feel like five we've, times. We've on already this talked about Black Panther in great detail. So I, many times. I I hate lots of most things about this movie i hate the the setup for black panther i hate how this is his first movie and it's just a sequel to civil war i hate the fact that it's not a sequel to civil war that's not true dude that is not true it feels more like a sequel to civil war than a standalone film stop i don't know where you're getting hung up on with this i really (sighs) don't Dude, so many people saw this movie as compared to Civil War. Like, there are plenty of people that went into this cold, and it it stood alone for them just fine. It's fine fine if it stood alone for you, but it did not stand alone for me whatsoever. Dude, that is such a weird criticism. Of all the criticisms you could come up with, I'm shocked that that is the one. 
there's plenty of criticisms. I don't particularly like any of the performances in this movie. I think that, I find them extremely boring and forgettable. I don't think there's anything remarkable about the filmmaking. I don't think it's it's boring. It's so boring. Uh, I think the the third act is terrible. I, I I can't think of a memorable action sequence aside from maybe the kind of the car sequences. I yeah. guess the the most memorable shot for me is when they're falling into the cavern and they're just punching each other in midair. But again, it it, it I've said it before. It's followed by some very unconvincing CGI. Really bad CGI. It, the, Awful CGI. Some of the worst green screen effects I've ever seen where they're at the waterfall. It's really just, bad. It's well, the third act. Yeah, and, it, it erupts into a CGI clusterfuck, kind of like Wonder Woman did. Yeah, right. I Same agree. sort of thing. Okay, the first two acts, and then by the time the third act comes around, disastrous. I couldn't care less about what happened to Black Panther though. When he fell off that, or when he was thrown off the 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 side of the waterfall, I didn't care. In fact, he could have died, and I would have been like, "Yeah, whatever." Well, like you haven't given me enough reason to love this character. I don't think there's anything charis- charismatic about him. I think I just find him. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman is sort of out of place. I just find him. It's so. I, do you really think it's fun? I find it incredibly boring. I really do. It's not nearly as fun as Guardians or Spider Man. Certainly, no. Um, however, man, it's funny. Whenever we debate things, this always happens on this damn podcast. Is we're sort of on the same page at the beginning, and I'm like leaning to the left, and you're leaning to the right. And then by the end of it, we're just totally diverged <laughs> because you like sort of you hunker down on your side of things and I hunker down on my side of things. I felt like we were in way more agreement when we first saw the movie. And Probably. now it's become the worst Marvel movie for you. And it's, it's become in, it's like putting no. my top five all of a sudden. And I, I don't feel that way. I feel like we're both sort of middling on this. It's not the worst Marvel movie for me. I mean, I, I, I like... Dude, the per- you said the performances are terrible? I don't know if I want to say they're terrible. That's ter- what you said. They're not good. They're What's so memorable about them? Dude, Lapita's awesome. Letitia Wright's awesome as the, the sister. I don't like the sister Oh, knock it off, dude. Dude, come off your high horse. She's awesome in that movie. She's the most fun part of that movie. I love the sister. Okay. Damn. Andy Serkis is having a good time. He's a little over the top, but he's having a good time. Yeah, my pro- I was like, what are you doing, Andy Serkis? And I know we have been divided on this since day one. I think Michael B. Jordan is a very good villain. And I, he's one of my, maybe one of my least favorite villains. I can't stand this man, villain. this is crazy, man. At least I was so happy when Nick saw the movie, and he's like, Michael B. Jordan was terrible. I'm like, thank you. At least someone else sees what I'm seeing, goddammit. Daniel Kaluuya oh is my- misused, but he's good. Yeah. I'm surprised. I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm not surprised by you. We always do this on this podcast. I just... I, I th- if you want to get a sense of why politics are the way they are in this country, <laughs> take a look at our micro example here. Yes. We were both in basically agreement. Yeah, we shouldn't kill anybody, right? Like, we shouldn't tax anybody that much. We should stay out of people's business. Sure. That's- but then the second you put a debate on it <laughs> you just you're totally fractured and you become mortal enemies yeah that's what's happening with black panther i just think this movie's a, a total waste of time <laughs> man there's there are there again there are like 20 other films no not 20 other but there are like i don't know 10 other films that are worth seeing over this one in the mcu yes i would rather watch civil war and Civil War. Oh, is, I totally disagree and C- with that. Civil War is the most drab-looking dude bullshit I, thing I've ever seen. Dude, I hate Civil War, and I don't blame you. <laughs> but there's better Black Panther shit in Civil War. No, 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 no. 
No. Dude, I'm upset. <laughs> this hurt me. Because I remember doing this podcast a year ago, and we were all on the same page. We were fine. But why? why Dude, we... we were cool. No, because I just feel like you're getting into overstatements here. And I feel the need to counter your overstatements with more overstatements. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Let's burn this film. Yo, no, can <laughs> we just acknowledge <laughs> that there's some good shit in this movie, and it's an important movie, and like it should be acknowledged here? No. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like I don't even like this movie that much. I just think it's not as bad as you're making it out to be, and there's some good stuff in it. And it's distinctive. And I'm not making the argument on the representation thing. I mean, that's cool and all that black people get to be in movies. But no, that doesn't make a good or a bad movie. I'm not talking about it in any of those terms. I just think... And I know like a lot of people did that. That's why it was nominated for the Oscar. Mm -hmm. is because it made a political statement. It didn't make a cinematic statement. I know. I'm with you. Oscars shouldn't operate that way. Just look at it in terms of a stupid movie with men in tights. I think it works on that level. I think the music works. I think the music is, like sticks out and it's pretty memorable. It's good music. I mean, I I I would I mean, you, you're not going to get anything out of this film that you didn't already get out of Thor Ragnarok. You want a fun film that's visually memorable that has like like characters that don't have their heads up their ass like, yeah, go ahead, watch Ragnarok. It's great. I just think you're you're really being a <laughs> Just really Maybe being, I'm just an asshole. You're being a real bummer here. Maybe right? I'm just a fucking asshole. You're really being a bummer. <laughs> but I'm okay. Dude, Letitia Wright is very good in this movie. Can you just... Uh, come on. You're really... I know what you're doing. We do this. <laughs> this is... Folks, this is podcasting. You yeah. get an opinion and you blow the opinion up <laughs> so you can argue about it with your buddy. That's true. Adam and I do this every week. Every fucking week. Every week we do this. Coke versus Pepsi, baby. I know. And then it's like, yeah, Coke will, if you drink the Coke from a chalice, <laughs> it will give you the, the, the it, it is like drinking from the fountain of youth. <laughs> That's what the take. And then you like, Pepsi is basically rat poison. And neither, like they're for the most part, the same drink. Okay. It's, it's seriously, we agree on Black Panther. That we, we just need to stop using such big words. Well, do we agree on Black Panther? No, I think we do. I don't think it's as bad as you're saying it is, but I also don't think it's as good as everyone else says it is. Yeah, yeah. We have more in common on this than we do apart. I don't think it's a terrible film. How's that sound? Thank you. I don't think it's a terrible film. All right. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Listen, there is plenty of content on the website <laughs> of us talking about Black Panther. Yes. So if you want that... All I'll Check say, it out. That actress says, what are those? And Dude, chill out, man. I'm just saying. It's the world we're living in, man. We live in the world of memes. What are those? We live in the world of memes. Dear God. Get over it. Dear Lord. Kill me. All right. Which one's getting in, buddy? Process of elimination? Should we do this shit? Yeah. Fine. We're burning Black Panther. <laughs> God. All right. You happy now? The best thing about that movie is... The fact that the Black Panthers get their source of power from purple drink. The best thing about that movie. Twitter's going to be very mad at us for not choosing Black Panther. Fuck Twitter. I'm, I haven't done the Twitter poll yet, but I'm sure that is going to be the consensus choice. Screw Twitter. All right. They're wrong. All right. Chill out. They're wrong. I just think on Legacy, you can make an argument for it, but whatever. We'll get rid of it. Uh, where do you want to go from here? 
Which one to cross off next? Yeah. I honestly kind of want to cross off the Avengers, which sounds scary, but I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the... I mean, I feel like you'd want to cross off Spider-Man. Well... But... And, and, I, and I would understand that. All right. So let's, let's look at this. Quality, legacy, impact. I think we could make a compelling argument for three movies to be crossed off in each of those categories. Mm-hmm. All right? I think the worst movie here is The Avengers. Yeah. Right? So I think we cross off The Avengers on quality. Okay. All right? I think that Spider-Man probably had the least impact. That's accurate. Did not change much. No. I mean, I, none of these movies change a lot. In terms of, like, f- filmmaking impact, I mean, they only go as far as the Marvel films, essentially. They only go as far as big blockbusters. But in, on an indie scene, no one wants to touch these films. Right. But, yeah, so if we're talking about just legacy and, and what they spawned out of their own franchises, there's more to talk about. I think Homecoming on impact, just <sighs> what did it change, didn't change much. No. So we're going to get rid of that one. Okay. All right? And then Legacy. Which one of these three movies is the least quoted, the least referenced, has the least iconic imagery? Iron Man, Winter Soldier, or Guardians? What would you say? Least? Yeah. Winter Soldier. I agree with you. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but I think we got to cross that one off too. Oh, boy. And just like that, we're down to two movies. Cool. How do you like that? I feel good. Iron Man or Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, what is the case for Iron Man? I mean, it has the greatest legacy. Kind of started it all. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said about how grounded this movie feels next to everything else, which is, again, makes it very distinct. And, I mean, again, you don't have Robert Downey Jr., essentially, without this movie. Basically mm-hmm. rebirthed him. And that'll, that, that alone is like 10 points for me. Uh, but then you get Guardians 2. Which is a better movie. Might be. I think it is. I think it is. I don't know if it's a better film. It's a better villain? Yes. Certainly the better directorial effort. Yes. The funnier movie? It's not more iconic, though. Perhaps not more iconic. It's not. Uh, It is funnier. It's funnier. Yeah. And it has, I think, better performances. I guess. Top to bottom. Probably. There's one... Great iconic performance in Iron Man, but there's but that is the movie, and a bunch of other pretty good ones. But the movie is primarily centered around Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Yeah, so it's like you kind of, it's it's like a juggernaut next to a bunch of other people that kind of stack up next to that juggernaut. Right. So it's it's a tough balance. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. What what is the case for Guardians two? In your opinion? Well, it's a little more visually memorable as a film. It's probably better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, better directed. It's got a better soundtrack. It's yeah, yeah. It's got some great characters with some fantastic arcs. A better villain and all that, like you just said. And unlike Iron Man, uh, this feels more like an auteur piece, which is something that is almost literally non-existent out of all these films. Mm. Here's my question, mm. and. You can push back on me if you want. When we're picking a movie here, should we pick the movie that is most representative of this series? Or should we be picking the movie that is most representative of film? 
Because I think you can make an argument both ways, and I think the answer is different depending on which way you want to go with it. Film, I would say Iron Man. Right. But I think the, the movie... series, I would say, yeah. That is like most exemplary of what these specific movies can be, mm-hmm. it's Guardians 2. <laughs> but the question is, what is the criteria? Yeah. But we're inducted into the movie Hall of Fame. <sighs> so with that, what is your vote? It's Iron Man. Your vote is Iron Man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Here's my thought process. Okay. Guardians is a better movie. Yeah. Maybe. We also inducted Princess Bride, don't forget. That that is not that's not the way things are supposed to be run though, man. <laughs> it's fine though. That's not how we're supposed to be doing things. Yeah, we we both acknowledge that was a bad choice, but every, no one else did. But it's our no one else. It was our but the, the it's the, our podcast, that's bro. The, thing. The, the distinction here is that it's our movie Hall of Fame. So yeah, what I will say, however, is that one movie is far more. Of a movie. And the other is kind of a theme park ride. Not to undersell Guardians too much. Okay. But in terms of the movie that is most deserving of a spot in the movie Hall of Fame, not the Marvel Hall of Fame, I will agree with you. I think the answer is Iron Man here. But are we doing Marvel Hall of Fame? This is movie Hall of Fame. It is. So let's do Iron Man. So it's in. Congratulations. There we go. That was tougher than I thought, actually. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll feel good about it. I fucking love Guardians, too. I do as well. Ugh. Wow. And part of me thinks, eh, maybe we should have went a little more ambitious with it. Like, we just picked the first movie out of 21. <laughs> like, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. There's no way they did this 21 times and the best movie was the one they started out with. You know what? Fuck these movies. How about that? <laughs> So you know what the first one gets in. <laughs> no, I I get it. I think just like th- we're putting this up with the rest of the class. Like we're putting this up with Alien and Raging Bull. I, you know I, what I mean? I do feel better about having Iron Man up there over. Like that should be in the hall. Yeah. Like if you imagine that the movie Hall of Fame is a building mm-hmm. and you're in the building with all the movies in it. Yes. And you see all the posters. 1980 Raging Bull, 1979 Alien. 1968. What did we put in that year? Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby? Baby. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like if you <laughs> if you go through, like you feel good about all of them, and then you get to Iron Man, and it's not that out of place. If Guardians Two is if in that hall, what? it'd be like what the hell? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That means two films from 2008 are going to be in. That is right. That and The Dark Knight. Oh, spoiler. Sorry, guys. Spoiler. It's there not, we go. No not, longer need to debate that one. Not that obvious, or not that uh, uh what's it? Secretive? What? I don't even know. Yeah. It's obvious that fucking whatever. Yeah. So there you go. How do you like that? I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. All right. But I, I do think it's, it's nice that we nominate uh, or we, we induct the, the first choice just as a big F you to these movies. Okay. You never got any better. <laughs> I mean, maybe you did, but it's funnier this way. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Debuting, I think, tonight when people are listening to this. It'll be released on Thursday. So oh. get out to your theaters. Hopefully you pre-ordered your tickets. I didn't. 
I didn't either. Yeah. We are fucked this weekend. That's fine. Whatever. We will talk about it in some capacity yeah. on this podcast. I don't know if we can do a full hour on it. We'll see. We'll do 20 minutes. We'll do 20 minutes and then we'll get into 1992. <laughs> we should just release a full 20-minute podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh, that is coming next week. Movie Hall of Fame. Check it out. Subscribe to all of our podcasts on the website, toomanythoughtsmedia.com or tmt.media for short. Give us a follow on every social media site of your choosing. You can find the links, again, on the website, tmt.media. Yeah. Adam. Nico. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Thank you. I know you had to swallow your pride on this. Yeah. I know. This was painful for you. Swallow my tongue. Yeah, I know. And all that other fun stuff. But you You made it through. And I appreciate you indulging me as we talked about men in tights. I need some bleach now. And now we can move on <laughs> to the fonder things in life. Yes. Like demonic babies. Like and 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 you know, rapey aliens and genocidal like maniacs and That's true. In the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> genocidal maniacs in the jungle. Yeah. Oh boy. What about cop robots? We didn't we didn't go with cop robots, did we? That's unfortunate. Yeah, I want to talk about more cop robots. Yeah, me too. Let's do that next week, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> this has been the Movie Hall of Fame. Come back next week. We again will be talking about the year 1992. Yes. One of those movies we'll get into the Movie Hall of Fame. And guess who's got the keys to the yeah, castle? He's up to no good. And I, I think I know where he's going. And I can't believe, like, <laughs> he, he could just be fucking with me. It's a distinct possibility. But if he's not, like, we we I, I want all of our listeners to, to band together and we can kill Nico afterwards. Are you going to boycott the Movie Hall of Fame <laughs> after next week's episode? Are you going to like stand like a picket line? We could just do podcasts of you and I boy, trying to fight against my boycott. Yeah. That makes for some interesting drama. It'll we, be outside the metaphorical building. Yes. With a picket sign. <laughs> Anytime someone crosses the picket line, you'll scream obscenities at them. Yes, that's true. <laughs> like those people that went to stop and shop last week oh god that is such a local reference i'm sure nobody knows what stop and shop is if you don't live in the northeast don't worry about it people it's it's the most important thing in the world but you know it was very important to connecticut people yes yeah i agree yeah uh fucking stop and shop they're back though stop and shop's back what what turned them you know to come back money oh yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's what they wanted money and they got it So now they're working again. Good for you guys. That's how a strike works. Take notes. You might have to do it after Glengarry Glenn Ross gets in the movie Hall of Fame. Uh, (laughs) Listen to the podcast next week. Follow Adam at some Adam Hall on Twitter. I'm at Funny Nico Tweets. And until next time. I am Groot.